We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. Jason and I just recorded a live episode of this podcast that didn't actually record. So we are just taping another one right after we just got done talking to some of our listeners. We had over 100 people uh, in the app talking to us about the Chicago Bulls getting DeMar DeRozan. Bulls acquired DeRozan in a sign-and-trade from the San Antonio Spurs. They give him a three-year, $85 million deal, reportedly fully guaranteed. Uh, In exchange for DeRozan, the Bulls send out a 2025 first-round pick, which is protected in the top 10, then the top 8, then the top 8. They send out Thaddeus Young. They send out two second-round picks. So I've really gone through the roller coaster of emotions, Jason. When the Bulls were first rumored to get DeMar DeRozan today, I was like, hell yes, give us DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> That'll rule. Then I saw the trade package and the money, and I was like, damn, that's a lot to give up for DeMar DeRozan. Now I'm back on board. Bulls looking good going into next season. Off-season champs, maybe? Who cares about the Lakers? Some big-time players, Harris Harris and Mark Eversley, to finally get the Bulls acting like the big market team they always should have been. These dudes have made more moves in the last 24 hours than John Paxson made in 17 years. Gar Foreman's still probably out clutching to his, you know, 2026 free agency plan. Who cares? We don't have to worry about any of that stuff anymore. Draft pick, salary cap space. Those are for small market teams. The Bulls are a big market, big boy. They're throwing their weight around in the offseason. And holy shit, Jason, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, DeMar DeRozan, two starters, a high-level backup who fills the team need a defensive, uh, you know, point of attack defense in the backcourt. I love it, dude. I've talked myself into it. See red Ricky coming at you right now. The Bulls making some moves. Hashtag the Bulls are back officially. We'll see, obviously. But yeah, uh, I was right there with you uh, on that roller coaster of emotions. Like I saw that that the numbers come out and what they gave up. And I was like, this is a lot to process right now. Like I really have to think about this. And I was like, yeah, like this deal seems like 
and in a like pure vac- vacuum like that for like what DeRozan was pro- like looking for the market for him like it just didn't seem like the Bulls had to give him that huge deal and didn't seem like they have to had to give up what they did to get him uh I guess we don't really know what else was out there for him I know he was talking to the Clippers hometown team but I know the Clippers didn't have too much flexibility although again cap space is fake all that shit is fake maybe they were offering him a lot of money as well I don't really know Maybe they had, they had to give him this much money to get him locked in here. Uh, either way, they wanted they they wanted to get it done. They make an aggressive offer to get him. They get it done. Uh, big market stuff, as you said, big boy stuff. Uh, just after years of that not being a thing, and it's funny. Like last off season, it was funny. We complained, which I think rightfully, uh, about AK's what patient approach. Uh, to see whatever the year of evaluation, literally like their only offseason moves last offseason were drafting Patrick Williams fourth. They signed Garrett Temple and they basically did like nothing else, like no other rotation players really. They brought back almost the same exact roster. And now, a year later, it's almost the entire roster has been turned over. Uh, who's left? We got Zach is left from the start of last season. Zach is left, Kobe's left, Patrick Williams, and then Lowry is still kind of hanging out there. Uh, as a restricted free agent, possible sign and trade option. Maybe the Bulls bring him back. Uh, they do need front court help, and we'll talk about that a bit much. I was not with that gone, with Daniel Tice gone, going to the Houston Rockets. Uh, the Bulls do need some help in the front court. Uh, so uh, I guess we do have Marco Simonovic probably coming coming over at some point here, but I, I, he's unproven. Uh, they definitely need some more proven help there, but they've basically turned over this entire roster, which is what we've hoping they would do. They got that guard guard pack stench off they got some all-stars in here they go from Zach Levine turned into an all-star last season Vucevic is an all-star DeMar DeRozan has been an all-star uh lot and they got a young talent Alonzo Ball they have a, an elite role player uh I mean maybe elites a bit much for Caruso but at least defensively he's a legit elite defensive player great role player in Alex Caruso and now there's still other moves they can make they still possibly have either the mid-level exception or a trade exception from Daniel Tice we'll see how they work out those moves and all that order of operations and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I believe they still have the biannual exception, which they might have to use. I know I, I saw that people were talking about uh, Simonovich and IO might need, depending on what the bulls want to give them contract wise, they might have to use part of their exceptions to use those guys. I don't see why they wouldn't just like give IO like a minimum deal uh, to prove it. Simonovich maybe use like the B the biannual on him. I don't know, but the bulls still do have some flexibility to make some more moves. They are hard capped, but they still do have some wiggle room. I, I believe even after giving DeRozan this big contract. So while there are definitely some, I understand the risks involved here. I understand giving up a decent amount for DeRozan here. It seems like a lot for a player, pretty unique player. There are, he does have his flaws. He, uh, the big talking point around him has been that like, you know, his teams often play better when he's on the bench and worse when he's on the court, even despite his production. Uh, I mean, he's a great mid-range shooter. His playmaking has improved a lot. I think he was at six or seven assists per game this past season. It was a career high, I think. Uh, he got he gets to the line a lot, almost, I think, seven times a game. And that's something that the Bulls really needed. Uh, I think they were one of the worst teams in the NBA getting to the free throw line last year. Vooch doesn't do it. Zach does it okay, but like not at a high level for a guy who seems, who drives a lot. He doesn't really sell contact that well. Uh, so the Bulls needed a guy who can... Uh, take the ball and go to the basket and get draw fouls for sure. And he kind of helps there. The playmaking helps as well. Uh, because again, I mentioned on the green room pod, like Lonzo really nice player still like not necessarily like your natural point guard, great passer. He's the best passer on the team. Not your natural point guard was the, the flaws in the half court. DeRozan kind of fills in, fills in that now. And you have the starting lineup of Lonzo of Levine 
of DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and then Vucevic. You have a bunch of guys who can pass. You have guys who can shoot. So, like, even though DeRozan doesn't shoot threes, he's never really shot threes. Uh, DeRozan, uh, he can do things in other ways. He can fill in other gaps. And the Bulls have the shooting around him to help mitigate his lack of shooting. So, they have a really nice-looking starting lineup right now. I don't know how actually, actually good it is. Uh, it's very interesting. I think it's very exciting. They should be pretty good offensively. We'll see about the defense. They definitely still need to uh, help in terms of rim protection on this roster, but they do have with Lonzo and Caruso that helps with point of attack defense, even though DeRozan isn't that great there. DeRozan can play some small ball four. He did that a lot with the Spurs last season. So that could be interesting to see some of the lineups that can throw out there. We'll have Pat at the four, which we both think it's his natural position. So uh, it's just very interesting. The Bulls are just a very fascinating, exciting roster right now. I do understand the qualms about like where, like, like where is this going to take them? Like, is this going to be like a first round exit ceiling? Uh, I don't think we should worry about that right now. They've made some big improvements on this roster in terms of the top level talent. Yes, they don't have like a top, top level superstar, but they are a lot better. They should be a lot better and they can take this. No excuses this year. You got to make the playoffs and then maybe grow from that. Maybe you win a series. Maybe you get lucky, win two series. I don't know. Like they, they have a decently Eastern Conference Finals, Chicago Bulls. You heard it here first from Jason Pat. I'm not, I'm not going that far, but like, I mean, we're talking, we're looking at a team. If they fill it out nicely too, as well, if they stay healthy, maybe they get 50 wins. Maybe they get the four or five seed. You, you win a series. Like I'd be shocked if they get to the Eastern conference finals. Probably. I mean, the, the nets are still awesome. The bucks are awesome. Uh, the Sixers will still be very good. Uh, we'll see what they do with Ben Simmons. We'll see what happens with Danny Green. But I mean, the Heat, the Heat just signed as we're talking right now, Mark of Mor- Markeith Morris, who we actually talked about on our green room as maybe a possibility for Bulls depth. But the Heat have kind have kind of loaded up here again with with Kyle Lowry. With uh, uh, they re-signed Duncan Robinson. They brought in PJ Tucker. They now signed Markeith Morris. I'm not sure if I think they made a few other smaller moves with like their lesser guys like DePaul Legend, Max Struess. And Gabe Vincent, but I mean they're going to be tough. The Celtics have Jason Tatum. They will. They'll have Jalen Brown coming back from his injury, and they still, they're still a really good team. So they're obviously still. Are, uh, I mean the Pacers will be decent again. I, who am I missing? Like I mean the Raptors are kind of weird. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, I mean the Knicks were obviously good. The Hawks were very good last season. So there still are like a lot of very quality teams in the East with a good amount of talent. The Bulls will be competing with, but uh, with the starting lineup, no excuses. You make these big boy moves. You got to make the playoffs. And the expectation should not be the play-in. The expectation should be top six, uh, make the make the actual playoffs and not be stuck in that play-in tournament when you make these type of moves. Yeah, you just hit me with a lot there to comment I on. Did. I agree with a lot of it. Uh, the only teams that should be head and shoulders above the Bulls in the East are the Bucks and the Nets. That's right, I said it. The Sixers, who finished with the top seed in the East last year, they haven't really made their dramatic move yet. In the offseason, they might lose Danny Green. They're sort of in a holding pattern with Ben Simmons, it feels like. So the Bulls have some upward mobility here. I think that the Bulls are probably going to be in that second tier. Ideally, you hope they can be in the second tier of Eastern Conference contenders, which is the Sixers, the Hawks, the Heat. And then there's that third tier of Eastern Conference contenders with the Celtics, uh, the Knicks, Hopefully the Bulls are the best of those teams. So that is at least something we can talk about now that the Bulls have made these moves. Uh, It's just a really exciting 24 hours for the franchise. It really is. Like for so long, 
John Paxson and Gar Foreman treated the Bulls like their only way to acquire talent was through the draft or through clearing cap space. Well, the Bulls made all these moves this year is an over-the-cap team, and that's something that really impresses me about Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley. They have fully put their stamp on the team now, and they've done it in a way that is creative and smart and just using all of their resources. I do not think that John Paxson and Gar Foreman would have been able to sign, would have been able to bring in Lonzo ball, even if they wanted to sign him to an offer sheet, they wouldn't have been able to figure out the sign and trade all the moving pieces involved in that. Same thing with this DeRozan deal. Now I was critical of them taking back Aminu, but because they had Aminu's contract, they were able to give DeRozan the money he was looking for in the three year, $85 million deal. So uh, hats off to Karnaschovas and Eversley. They wanted to totally remake the team. They realized the Bulls could no longer hold on to Mark and Wendell Carter, Kobe White, have those guys be the future of the franchise. That was never going to work out for them. They didn't want to keep, you know, burning year after year, waiting for the waiting for some lottery luck. The Bulls have an advantage that so many teams in the NBA do not have, and that they are a big market team, a prestigious franchise, in an organization with a lot of history. So, you know, every team, the Orlando Magic, the Memphis Grizzlies, all these teams can tank to the bottom of the standings and try to land their superstar. There's no guarantee it's ever going to happen. The Bulls don't need to be that way. The Bulls have potentially so many other avenues towards bringing in high-level talent Now we could be looking at a scenario where people want to play for the Bulls. If the Bulls can sort of level up, be a mid-tier Eastern Conference playoff team and see where it goes. The next time a superstar hits the open market, maybe he says, I want to come to Chicago. I think I'm the missing piece that can get the Bulls to the next level. So that's the way I'm looking at it right now. I think that uh, finally we no longer have to like look two years down the line and be like, well, we're going to have cap space in 2024. I wonder what moves we're going to make. No, screw that. That's some small market shit. The Bulls are throwing their weight around as a big market team. And it's awesome to see. Now, in a vacuum, I don't like the DeRozan deal. My first response when the DeRozan thing came out, I'm in the group chat. I'm like, "Uh, I don't know if I like this anymore. (laughs) After I saw the trade package, Thad, a first, two seconds. Then I saw the money, three for 85, and it was fully guaranteed. I'm like, ah, this is going to be tough. But I've talked myself into it because this is what the Bulls had to do this offseason. They needed one more starter. Uh, I like Caruso, the Caruso signing for sure, but it feels a lot better having Caruso off the bench, right, than putting him in the starting lineup. Caruso is still going to get plenty of tick, and the Bulls convinced DeMar DeRozan to come. That's the other thing. Same thing with Lonzo. Both of those guys wanted to be in Chicago. To, to that, to that point, to that point, I think KC tweeted out about how like Mark Eversley, his prior relationship with DeMar DeRozan might have helped here. Uh, and that's why you like hired like him. Like they talked about when he was hired, the relationships that he built around the league with like his prior at his prior jobs uh, would help the Bulls bring in like star level players. And here, here I mean, here's an example of it. And that might have helped with Lonzo as well. Here's an example of it right now. Two of the higher level free agents on this market and in free agency chose the Chicago Bulls and are coming to the Bulls when they didn't even have the cap space. And the cap space thing, it's, it's fake. It's bogus. Like if you if you convince guys and you have whatever, some salary that you can uh, send out to other teams to make it work. If you can convince guys that they want it to, to come, you make it happen. And you and you say, fuck the cap space, whatever. We don't need that shit. We will make this deal happen. These guys, these guys want to come play here. And that's what the Bulls did with both of these guys. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, the one thing I would really like to see from the Bulls, I don't know if this is going to be possible, is to somehow acquire a first-round pick for, you know, maybe Kobe and Lowry or whatever combination you have. I don't really know if it's possible, but just because their flexibility is limited now because of the stepping rule in terms of how many picks they can trade. So their 2023 draft pick is out to the magic for the Vucevic deal. Now their 2025 draft pick is out uh, to the Spurs for the DeRozan deal. They have to pick in 2022 and 2024, but I think they can make a trade while they're on the clock. Yeah. Like I think once the pick, like once they like get to the pick or like once they actually like make the pick themselves, I think they, they could then trade it if they really wanted to. Was it like resets once you like get to the actual pick itself? Yeah. It's something like that. I'm not sitting here overvaluing draft picks. I mean, Garpax literally went over not after drafting Jimmy <laughs> Butler. You can go down the list. It was bust, 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 bust. Uh, and then I saw some reports today that, you know, the Magic are looking to sign Wendell to a $70 million deal. Man. I think Wendell could potentially return decent value on that deal. I'm not totally out on Wendell yet. But Jason, how nice is it that we're not sitting here talking about a $70 million oh, contract extension for Wendell Carter? Lord. It's just awesome. Make some moves. Explore the trade market. Get guys to commit to you. Uh, and you nailed it by saying the Bulls didn't even have the cap space to to pull any of this off and they still did it. So uh, I am really excited for next season. I said again and again on this podcast that they needed two starters in the off season. How's Lonzo ball and DeMar DeRozan for you? It feels yeah, like I feel literally like, the yeah. best case scenario yeah. for this like, off season. I, yeah. Okay. I was going to say like, I feel like what, uh, whatever we, maybe the DeRozan deal again in a vacuum isn't that great, but I feel like we'd almost be, we would be kind of hypocritical for like, for what you've said about they need two starters and for us like complaining about guard packs being lame like i think we'd be hypocritical to like complain too much about uh whatever what we gave up was it a bit much yes but like we've been praying we've been asking for a front office that be that is aggressive that throws its weight around like you said they needed two starters and they went got out and get two clear-cut starters maybe it's not the greatest fit maybe it doesn't work out maybe it doesn't have the best ceiling but given what was available out there uh it's certainly hard to complain about it too much even if in the vacuum, what they gave up for DeRozan was a bit much. So I, I said, I feel like we'd be like a little hypocritical if we like complained about that too much, given what we've said in the past, given what we said the Bulls have needed, given what we've said they needed to do. So yeah, go back again. I sorry I interrupted you a bit there. For sure. So let's talk about DeRozan a little bit, a little bit more in depth, just because he yeah. is a major addition to the franchise. So uh, one thing about DeRozan, he's totally remade his game. 
since the trade to the Spurs to become more of a playmaker. He was actually playing the four a lot and yep. playing as the point guard for the Spurs, which is a major change from how he was playing as a member of the Toronto Raptors for so long. Uh, his assist rate finished in the 100th percentile, according to cleaning the glass in terms of, uh, you know, 31% assist rate for players at his position that ranked in the 100th percentile. He still takes a lot of mid-range shots. That's the other thing you got to know about DeRozan. He's also in the 100th percentile of mid-range frequency. He took 65% of his attempts from mid-range. He took only 7% of his attempts from three-point range and 28% of his attempts at the rim. So he doesn't really get to the rim as much as he used to. Offensively, he's a mid-range scorer, but now he's a mid-range scorer who can pass and who can like draw multiple defenders hit the open man. I'm really excited about what this does for Zach Levine in the Bulls offense. The Bulls have never paired Zach with a passer on the level of DeMar DeRozan. It feels funny to say, because we don't historically think of DeRozan as a passer, but he has made a big playmaking league. And now they have him and Lonzo. A lot of the, yeah, exactly. So Lonzo is the best passer on the team, but DeRozan has the ability to actually pressure the defense and to force the defense to react to him. Whereas Lonzo, more of a quick ball mover, more of a transition hit ahead guy. Having both of those guys around Zach, dude, I kind of want to throw some money on Zach is a dark horse MVP. Bet oh right man, now. here I'm we go. See Red Ricky. You just said they're going to win two, two playoff series. I did not say I they said, will. <laughs> I said, you know, Levine, Dark Horse MVP. They see can Red Ricky. The standings. Chris Paul just came in fifth this year. You know what I mean? A very similar thing. Uh, the pressure's on Levine now. Levine was awesome last year. It was the best season of his career. Offense did spike around the league. Let's see him maintain that level. If Zach can be as good as he was last year, the Bulls are going to be sitting pretty. And then Billy Donovan, too. Like, Donovan cleared the world's lowest bar by being better than Jim Boylan. (laughs) And now you need to prove that you can, you know, lead a talented team to serious success. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. I was, I was just going to mix, bring up something about Zach and uh, obviously contract uh, will be a contract year. Uh, I mean, he could be in a pretty decent uh, opportunity now to get make all NBA. Maybe if the, if the bulls are a lot better and he has a big year, uh, he could really work himself into that all NBA conversation and make himself eligible for a super max. Like I guess I don't, I don't know if he becomes eligible if the bulls would actually like offer that full blown. I think it's like five two thirty or like five two thirty five. But I mean, I guess if the bulls are very good and like they win 50 games and they win a playoff series or something, and he does get all NBA, like maybe they do give him a, a that super max deal. Uh, and I did, we mentioned this as well on the last pod, like, on the green room that the fact that they did make these moves now and you show all this commitment to going all in to win, you have to imagine Zach isn't going anywhere that it would have to take like a huge, huge, like disaster for him to wind up elsewhere after the season, knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen. If you hope the bulls have a big season, uh, if he gets super max or not, whatever that Zach Levine will be, will be re-signing that five-year Max, what, what, how, however much it is, but that he'll be locked in with the Bulls. Pay him, uh, baby. Make Reinsdorf yeah. pay the luxury. See, yeah, tax. exactly. Pay that money. Pay the luxury tax. Uh, other people have been talking about that. Uh, the Bulls have like never paid the luxury, or not never, but I think it's been a long time since they've paid the luxury tax. And it was, I mean, that was a running joke, a running meme. Financial champs. That was a thing that thing that used to be a huge thing. We used to mock them all the time. Uh, when they made cheap moves, I mean, back in the day when like they traded Kyle Korver for a trade exception that they never used after the D Rose injury, they cheaped out on other moves. Uh, pay Zach Levine. You got these other guys. You paid DeMar DeRozan. You paid Lonzo Ball. Uh, 
maybe they will maybe they will actually pay luxury tech next season maybe they'll pay it this season like we'll see how else they fill out this roster but uh fucking pay some money jerry pay up let's see it yeah love it and then you know you look at everyone else around the east i don't know like it's not totally out of the question they could be better than miami miami has bam they have jimmy they have their offense will be kind of funky I think they're going to be, they're going to be a little weird offensively yeah. for sure. They're going to be hellacious defensively, no doubt, but you know, the bulls can go into a game against Miami and be like, let's fucking go. Let's do this. We can match up with you guys. So that's, what's just so fun about this. Like now the bulls, if you look at the schedule, there's going to be so many games. They're going to feel like must watch the bulls versus the Knicks games are going to be awesome because the Knicks last year were sort of the ascendant team in the Eastern conference. I think the Knicks have kind of squandered their cap space. Uh, you know, they came into this offseason with the old Bulls plan of like, yeah, we have all this cap space. What are we going to do with it? Well, you just overpaid your shitty players. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not sure if they are really going to be any better than last season. They did get Evan Fournier. He should help their offense a little bit. Uh, Hawks, obviously, they opened a lot of eyes on their playoff run. The Heat are now back in back in the mix with Lowry and Bam and Jimmy. But uh, Bulls got to be feeling good. And here's the thing. It's a step. It's not the last step. It's a step forward. And people will often say, well, the last thing you want to be is the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. No. Being the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference when you've been dog shit for four years in a row is tight. You just don't want to be the sixth seed over and over and over For like three or four years in a row. What Karnaschovas has showed us with this mentality is that this dude is going to keep being aggressive and keep pushing his chips to the center of the table to improve the team year after year. So I'm thrilled with the moves. I've talked myself into it. I thought the DeRozan deal was bad in a vacuum. Uh, but, dude, just who cares? Right. So, so yeah. So what? say they were, they got stuck. Maybe maybe they don't maybe take like that next jump. Or even after one season, uh, after a year or two, you have Lonzo Ball on a contract that is you can use in a big trade. You have DeMar DeRozan. Maybe not the best deal, but... Uh, and then, you, I mean, then you have Vooch on a very affordable deal. If you want to try to make moves for maybe that next disgruntled star, I know you don't, don't have much draft capital, but you have like good players at least that you can offer up in trades. And uh, depending on how, what that other team wants to do, what they want in a trade, you at least have some good players again. And maybe they can, if, if they can use other pieces to maybe get some draft capital back somehow, you mentioned that earlier. But now if you do want to pivot or you want to try to level up even more, you have some good players now that you can either package with something else or, or just use them as a centerpiece to maybe make to maybe maybe level up even more. So I don't want to like I don't want to like look at it that, that they are stuck that like this group core together is like stuck at being a whatever a first round and out or something like that, even though I think that they could maybe be better with some luck. I don't want to think it look at it like that. They have a bunch of good players now. You take that step and maybe you could either use these, maybe these players take that step together. Maybe Patrick Williams helps them level up. Maybe they use Patrick Williams and one of these guys to level up even more. Uh, and you can take even that next step after that and become at one of those actual tier one contenders in the East. Big market moves, baby. The bulls are making them. It's exciting. Yeah. And I think, you know, they still need some defensive presence. Yeah in the front court on the bench. I think yeah. that is clearly the biggest need for the team right now. You need a rim protecting five. We saw the Suns were really exposed by not having a solid backup five in the postseason. You definitely need a rim protector uh, in that spot. I like Kem Birch, but there's a few other guys potentially out there. I think they could also use a big forward. Maybe someone like Justice Winslow could be a big defensive-minded forward for him. There's a few other guys potentially on the minimum marketplace. Uh, I 
hope Lowry Markkinen isn't on this team next year. There's still maybe a potential sign-in trade out there with the Timberwolves. You get some bench help, Joshua Koji, uh, Hernan Gomez, one of these guys, Jared Culver. Yeah, do something like that. So I think that Lowry's just still a bad fit for the roster because he can't play the five next to DeRozan because they have no defense. He can't play the four next to Vooch because they have no defense. So I think you got to move on from Lowry. Uh, now, he might be back on the qualifying offer on a one-year deal. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but I just think I, guess, I don't know how many minutes he'd get. A like if they do more wanna... of a multi-dimensional player right. in that role. Lowry's a little one-dimensional. Right. So man, it feels so good though, dude. Like we're just like expecting Lowry to carry the burden of the franchise. He was the face of the franchise two years ago. And now it's like, who cares? Trade him for like the ninth man on the Timberwolves. We're making big market moves right now. So I love it. I'm thrilled. We've been rambling for a while, Jason. I don't know how long you want to go on this. If there's anything else you want to touch on, but I don't think so. Like uh, I said, really just like looking into what could come next. Like I said, we'll see what they do with the Tice Caruso stuff. We'll see exactly what available they have left, but and they still have e- either way. It's like the mid-level uh, you got or a Tice trade exception, which would be like 8 million. It's basically almost an identical amount of money. Uh, they got the biannual. They might have to use exceptions if they want to sign Simonovic. I'm not sure what he's looking for, what it'll take to sign him. We'll see what kind of contract they give IO. But yeah, I think another wing and then another uh, and then another backup big man. I think is really what, what they really could use to round out this roster. Uh, you mentioned some of the names that are already. Uh, I can't remember who else we had talked about already, but I mean, there are some other names like uh, I talked about Danny Green. I, I don't know if he, I feel like he might look, want a bigger opportunity. Uh, but I mean, I'd toss like the mid-level at him. If he wants to come be like your uh, big, be a stud wing off the bench, like that'd be awesome. I mentioned Kelly Uber Jr. I think he wants a bigger role too, and probably more money, but I don't know who's going to give him that much money anymore. Uh, who, who else? It looks like Ish Smith back up. Point. I don't know if they'd need any more guards. Like uh, I know like Dennis Schroeder slot there. Maybe he'd just come for super cheap, but he obviously wants a bigger role, but wing, Backup big, I think, is, is what's got to come next to help fill out this roster. They they have their starting lineup set. Unless they want to go real crazy, I brought this up as well. Like if they want to try to somehow still go get Patrick Siakam or past Patrick Siakam, Pascal Siakam. If you want to like trade Patrick Williams and whatever else you have left, and like include Lowry for like a Pascal Siakam trade, and like really really go all in here. Maybe you try you're to really holding on to the Siakam. I know, thing, I know, man. I know. You're the only one I see talking about. It. They have no assets. I know, yeah, I don't know. They're they're not going to get Pascal Siakam. I, I feel like you can make the call. I don't think it's going to happen, but yeah, you have the starting lineup basically in place. Like I'm pretty sure it's going to be those five we've said. You have Troy Brown. You got Kobe White still off the bench. You have Simonovic probably coming over. You got Io as a wing. I think you could use a more proven wing and then another big man. And then you'll have the, whatever the guys at the end of the bench, whoever they fill out with like their minimums, their two ways. We'll see how that goes uh, just for the for depth. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just the roster in general just looks so much better talent wise overall. We'll see how the fit works. We'll feel, see all that. We'll see how they build that, build it out totally. But just, it, it just for just straight talent level, I, people have been tweeting like, how last year, like just basically the roster that was in place and just now looking at it at the top five guys. I mean, it's just a world of difference. So much more proven talent on the team. The Bulls are going all in. They put their nuts down to try to win games and try to win a lot of games. And it's pretty cool. And I think that's basically all I have to say about that. Sign it off, Jason. All right. Let's finish it up here. Yeah. So it's about, I love right. it. It's a great day. It's a, it's a great 24 hours. Yeah. Free agency kicked off. 24 hours from when we started this podcast, when we started recording it and incredible for the Bulls to pull this off. John Paxson, Gar Foreman, I hope you feel like shit. Yes, I'm still bitter, 
But <laughs> hell yeah, Karnashovis looks like a great hire by, you know, credit the Ryan stores for hiring this guy. He has an incredibly aggressive mindset towards team building. He doesn't care about losing the trade, Jason. He just cares about winning games. And get, that get hoopers. Fucking tight. Get hoopers. Get buckets. And here we go. But yeah. So yeah, it's right now it's like 5.50 central time finishing up this pod. We'll see if the Bulls have anything le- else in store for us today on Tuesday. We'll see. Uh, but either way, DeRozan, I don't think they're doing anything bigger than DeMar DeRozan. So obviously that's the big move of the day for the Bulls that we are talking about here. If they pull off anything else uh, tonight, maybe we'll talk, do another pod later in the week to talk about what else the Bulls do. Uh, but for right now, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Alex Cruz. So the three big acquisitions so far, we'll see what else they got going. We're going to sign off here uh, again. As you said, great 24 hours to the Bulls. Yeah. Good shit. Let's sign off. As always, a shout out to the Blue Wire Network with us being in the middle of NBA free agency. Please go check out all the other great pods as well if you're interested in talking about or just listening to what other other teams are saying about all the moves that have been made. It's been a crazy couple days here. Go check out all the great NBA podcasts all across the Blue Wire Network. Uh, We also got a bunch of other great pods across the Blue Wire Network as well. Go check them out. A lot of great stuff at Blue Wire. For us here at Cash Considerations, a Bulls podcast, please rate and review us. Hit us up on Twitter as well. Uh, give us those five-star ratings uh, wherever you listen to your pods. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google. I mentioned Twitter. You know where to find us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SPN underscore Ricky. Hit us up. We've been all over Twitter these last couple of days talking about all these moves. Uh, it's been great to get all this feedback. It's been great for you to talk to people in the Spotify green, green room as well. Uh, it's been awesome. We've had our two biggest uh, ter- uh, two biggest episodes in ter- terms of participants there. So that's been a lot of fun. Even if we've had those tech problems, it's still cool. We've still been lo- loving doing these other episodes as well. So uh, we'll see what else the Bulls have in store. We'll talk to you guys next time, probably later in the week sometime. Take it easy, everybody. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.